Hello everyone. Welcome back to our series 10 ways leaders can instill strong work ethics amongst members of their team. And it was exciting that um we went through the first way or the first point um setting clear goals and objectives. Thank you for your feedback with that. It, it, it went viral so fast. So today we're going to look at the second point which is proper mentoring and coaching. So the second way that leaders can instill strong work ethics amongst their team members is by strong mentoring and coaching. So Steven Spielberg said that the delicate balance of mentoring someone is not creating them in your own image but giving them the opportunity to create themselves now once you as a leader you have set clear goals and objectives right regarding um, the next steps um, work ethics code of conduct the new agenda or whatever it is that you are working on as a team um the next great thing to do is to mentor your people and coach them through it now today i'm going to really focus on coaching because i think that coaching is the power broker it is the thing that changes the game but the truth is that many of us do not know how to go about coaching right how to go about coaching our the members of our team. So, you know, what we think of is also oh, if my people need a coach, then I need to go out there and get one of you know these um coaches for them out there. But you as a leader of a team, you can coach your team members, right? So the art of coaching is about helping people discover their own potential and resolve their own issues. I cannot say this enough. I cannot overemphasize this. So it is that you are helping people to discover their own potential and resolve their own issues. It is not about telling them what to do or solving their problems for them. So that is the thing that we leaders sort of have. We feel like okay as a leader ah I need to help everyone solve their problems. So anybody that brings a problem to me, so to show that I'm a leader, I need to maybe just solve the problem, solve the problem, solve the problem, you know, like a magician just going around solving, solving, solving people's problem. That is not what you are to do as a leader and I will tell you why. Now as a leader you have a range of possible actions. Let's start from there. You can instruct, you can tell, you can solve problems and that is on level 1. On level 2 you can give advice and guidance and suggest ideas. On level 3 you can give people feedback. So you are giving your people feedback. On level 4 you can ask questions to understand the context and also help that person understand the context better. So there's a way you would someone is telling you something and you're saying okay so what did what happened before that? Why do you think that happened? 
or what might have been, what barriers. So you are helping that person understand their own context better, even as you understand the person's context better. On level five is that you are looking for options, right? What are the things that you can do? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And level six is that you are just this person that is listening effectively. You are helping the person summarize their great issues, right? And you are helping them to reflect. Because you see, many times we think that the people that we lead, they are tabula rasa, they know nothing, they are about nothing, they don't have any ideas about everything, but that is not true. The best person to solve their, you know, their own problem or a problem is the, are the people that are in the problem because they understand their context. And if you help them to sit, to reflect, you would, they would find, you know, the root causes of their own problems. So someone comes to you. I mean, I'm not in the context. I'll give you an example of something that happened during my leadership session with the leaders I coached yesterday. So I threw a question at them and I said, oh, you know what? What a leader is, is, is wondering, you know, at, one, at what point um, ageism, especially with young leaders, ageism is going to stop, you know, when um, the people, um, um, people in our organization or a few of our customers are just sort of saying, you know, how old are you? Who do you think you are? And all that. And one of my leaders said something that was brilliant. She said, we do not have enough information because we do not know, we need to sit this person down and do a proper root cause analysis. This person needs to sit down and say, you know, and ask themselves all their why questions. Of course, we can guide, but this person needs to ask themselves all their why questions. I mean, this person is not the only young person, right, that is, that is as employed older people, you know, or is not the only person that has um, customers who are older. And I thought that was brilliant because you see that is it, that is what coaching is. You you I, I could just say oh ah they, they think you are young you know what do A B C. However, the better way to do it is to say okay sit down nice lady and reflect on your context. Reflect on your context. So that is important. Now the basic idea is that we gravitate towards the bottom of the list, which is listening, summarizing and helping people to reflect. You see, for a coach, solving problems for people is a fatal mistake. I would tell you that, you know, because you, you can't just be about solving people mistakes for people. It is attractive, don't get me wrong, it is attractive because, hello, you're a coach, somebody has probably paid you money and you want to look like, hi, I'm very, very smart, I'm super, super intelligent, right? So you have not wasted your money. So once you ask me a question, I just solve, give you the answer, bam, 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 right? And then the other is also attractive because the other person is happy. You made their life easy, isn't it? And you become very popular. Everybody knows you as the great problem solver of 2020 or the great problem solver of 2021, right? So it's attractive to be a problem solver in that coaching context, right? But the truth is, this attractiveness is in the short term. In the long term, it is the road to ruin. Because the more you solve problems for people, the more they will bring their problems to you. And you end up 
with all the problems of the world on your shoulders. Also, and this is the most important, you know, I used to do it way back and I didn't understand why I was doing it. You will not help your staff, your team members to develop if you are constantly solving your problems and you are not allowing them to think through their problems and come up with possible solutions for themselves and by themselves. The only way people will grow is if they climb their own mountains. Let me say this again. The only way people will grow is if they climb their own mountains. You want to climb a mountain for someone, guess what? You are on top of the mountain and the person is still at the bottom of the mountain. You are at the top of the mountain, but the person is at the bottom of the mountain. Right? So you can guide, you can support, you can encourage, you can just stand right there and say, okay, you know what, take the first step. Oh, no, 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 avoid that place, avoid that, you know, that rock looks a bit shaky, avoid that rock, you know, try that, you know. You can support, you can guide, you can encourage, go, go, you can do this, you can do this, but you cannot climb the mountain for them. Now, gravitating towards the bottom of the list is very hard because ah, you're not showing your power. You're not showing your magic. You're not showing how great you are. But you see, and of course, it is frustrating because at times, someone comes to you with something and hello, you know the answer. So it's not like you don't know the answer. You know the answer. You know how to solve this person's problem, right? So it is frustrating for you because hello, this person is just rolling around, rolling around and rolling around right and you want to just say the answer you want to just say the answer but the time you invest in helping other people discover their own answer pays the big dividends somebody comes to you and says hi dr Gunde, um you know so um parents are coming and parents are asking that is there a way that we can um, stop giving the children you know too much homework um, at the weekends and then you know because we understand the importance of giving children too much homework and all that i mean this is a school setting and um you want to say no you know what do abc's okay what do you think what do you think what are your thoughts on this what are your thoughts on this matter right so you want to tell the person but you can't because the person needs to be able to discover their answers themselves and is in allowing people to discover the answers that you are creating new leaders. You are creating new leaders, right? You are creating new leaders. And guess what? There is a possibility that these people would actually come up with a better solution than the one you had thought of. So you, you, the problem solver on your team, you are inadvertently acting as a lead. Because your solutions are the only solutions and the lead. So if you don't think about it, it doesn't get thought of. It doesn't come to the table. But if you allow other people to think, right, it is possible that they would actually come out with more powerful solutions. And guess what? Your team becomes better. Your team becomes better. So they, they are not always, your people are not always exposed to your own half-baked idea or maybe fully-baked idea, but probably not the best idea, 
in 2020, 2021, or in this context. But you allow someone to go out there, go and think about it. Tell me what you think. What are the possible causes? What are, you know, get to the root cause of your issues. What are, and then start thinking of the possible solutions and come back. And you might end up also learning and getting better when you give your people the opportunity to think of through their issues and come up with solutions by themselves. Isn't that superiorly awesome? Right? Now let's go quickly through a sharp coaching culture, a, a, a coaching um, structure, right? So let, let's do that so that, you know, I mean, you have something to work with. So a good coaching session has a structure. So remember, what are we trying to do? We are trying to ensure that your people have the strong work ethics. You have set clear goals and you have set clear objectives for them. And now they are about to work. They are doing their work. They are going up and down, you know. And it's important for you to mentor them. It's important for you to coach them, right? So you need to coach them. You have to coach them through. You have to mentor them through, right? So a, 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 a good coaching session has a structure. And there are five steps. And let's think of them as the five O's. Objectives, overview, options, obstacles, and outcome. Now, with objectives, what do you think, what do you want to focus on, what do you want to achieve, what do you want to review today, right? Um, so that is the objectives of our coaching session. Now, the overview is this thing that you want to do, this thing you are working on, this new task, this new approach, this thing, this new review. Why is it important to you now? What is your situation? How do other people see your situation? How do you know that? What do other people feel about your situation? What are the potential consequences of this? So that is an overview. Now you go to number three, which are the options. Have you seen anything similar being done? And what happened? What choices do you have? What do others want? What are the risks and benefits of each course of action? Number four are the obstacles. What will prevent you from doing this? Every time I speak to people, I always speak to them about barriers. What barriers do you foresee? What obstacles do you foresee? Because, you know, when people begin to think of the obstacles that they foresee, then they have a more rounded, better thought of approach to sorting out things or solving their own problems. Or even, even if there's no problem, you know, taking up a new task and, you know, performing or implementing you know, whatever idea that you have asked them to do in the organization. So, we are about to do something. I want you to think of, yes, these are the options, these are the, this is the way I want, to, I want to do, you know, go about it. Also, well, in addition to that, these are the possible obstacles and barriers. So, as I'm going forth, I'm already mitigating all those issues, mitigating all those risks, right? And, of course, what is the outcome? So, you know, at the end of this, what, what do you see? To, to happen, what are you going to do next, right? Do you need any help or support, right? So each element of this structure is based on open-ended questions. You are not giving anybody any answer. They are open-ended questions, right? And the other core technique here, apart from asking open-ended questions, is that you are silent. You are listening. You are not, not rushing out there to just solve somebody's problem. 
you are giving people, you, you are instituting a wait time that allows somebody else to think. And this is a bit difficult because many people are uncomfortable with silence. However, it is important that you allow people to think. You need to give people space to think and reflect, right? Especially those who are a bit introverted, that they, you know, they would like to think before they speak. And even those who are extroverted that at times they just speak before they think, hello, please calm down, <laughs> you know, think, you know, about what it is. And then we have that conversation, right? It is important for you to be a mentor, to be a coach to your people, right? It helps them to discover their own self and to unleash their own potential as they walk through your organization, right? You need to embrace your role as a teacher, as a mentor, as a coach, as a guide in every step, especially in the initial days of, for example, um, an, um, an implementation phase or execution phase, right? You need to try different approaches of mentoring, right? You need to be that leader that is visible even as you move into being an invisible leader, right? So it is, is it an important second step and an important point. It might not even be a second step, but a way, right? So it's not like one step leads to another, but it is just one point, one way that you as a leader can instill strong work ethics. You are there with your people. You are teaching them. You are mentoring them. You are coaching them. You are guiding them. You are ensuring that they are developing into their own brand, brand of genius. They are developing into their own brand of genius. Thank you for listening to 10 Ways that leaders can instill strong work ethics amongst members of their teams. This is yours truly, Dr. Abimbola Ogundere. Do not forget to share after you have listened. Thank you.